We have a very special guest today. The former assistant DPP at Auburn. Assistant DPP at Michigan State. Scouting assistant for the New York Giants. And dude I cr- whose crouch I crashed on in Cincinnati, <laughs> Cole Brown. Dude, how you doing? Hey, I'm good, man. Uh, you know, funny you brought up the... Uh the uh, couch crashing man that was uh, some good times uh you know back in the pff days man uh you know, cincinnati would never live there again but, <laughs> but we've been recording for 30 seconds and yeah. cole is already destroyed cincinnati. cincinnati you know cool place but not a city for me um but you know getting to know you is awesome man and and uh, some other guys over at pff you know getting to establish that relationship and um you know lifelong friendships is you know it's been nice yeah, man, also, that was fun. Like, uh, you know, getting to know Austin and Evan and um, QB one, uh, and, and yeah, oh, dude, Eric, yeah, dude. Uh, and then Zach. You know, it was like it was a good time. Like, I I did enjoy the the earliest of PFF was a lot were a lot of fun uh, yeah. with you and and um, yeah, it's stuff when you left. When you left, it was sad. I was definitely I was devastated. Yeah. Um, yeah, we but uh, you were you know, viewers out there. We also we were we were not only coworkers, but we were neighbors. You know, lived in the same uh, apartment complex. Shout out Avalon at the point. Um, so we had the weekly, you know, beer and cigar, uh, you know, nights. And I miss that stuff, man. Oh yeah, and then I'd come over and kick your ass in Madden and run the same pass play for an entire game. I don't think that's I don't think that's true, but you know, you can't. Oh, you it, wanna, no, it's definitely true. You want to spread lies? You can't, but you know, I don't. It's my it. podcast lies <laughs> are being spread, <laughs> but. Man, you had um, you had a hell of a career bouncing around and like um, you know you grew up in the game obviously with your dad uh, and then playing quarterback playing um, D one for a bit before uh, you know being a, a generous person you are and sharing the spotlight with others because we know you had dominated uh, college for for four straight years uh, and gone on to the pros and played uh, for the Titans which yeah. by the way we'll get to your Titans in a second they're in a kind of mess um, but. Um, Kind of walk me through that path a little bit because, like, was it something you always want to do, or is like were you kind of following your dad's footsteps, or like, like how how did that go for you? How, what what drove you to do you know, to go from playing quarterback to PFF and then jump around from two huge college programs and then the New York Giants, which that little sign over this side right there. Good Giants, uh, yeah, man. Uh, as you kind of hit it on the head, you know, it was with my dad. You know, my dad played in the NFL for eight years for the Houston Oilers. Um, but since I've been alive, he's been a coach. He coached for the St. Louis Rams back in the glory days, you know, the Kurt Warner days. Um, was at Kentucky for nine years um, as a DB coach for three and then the D coordinator for six. Um, and then at the Titans uh, for four years, you know, coaching the DBs out there. And, uh, and then he finished his career, uh, you know, four years at East Tennessee State. And then he actually was just the defensive coordinator for the USFL uh, Michigan Panthers. So a uh, tough loss on Saturday, but – um, you know, I've enjoyed following his career. Uh, so I kind of grew up around the games. I, I love football. Um, I, you know, it's not who I am, but it definitely takes up a lot of my time. Um, so, yeah, you know, I was a college or excuse me. I was a high school, um, you know, all state quarterback uh, back in the glory days. Still think about those days. You know, don't judge me. But, um, you know, you know, got to play with guys like Van Jefferson. He was my receiver. Uh, Chris Rowland, another one of my uh, like he was like a running back slash like slot receiver who you know, had a short stint uh, for the Atlanta Falcons. And now he's dominating the USFL. So um, play with some cool guys and got to experience some cool things and got the opportunity to go play at Chattanooga. I um, was there for about a year and a half. Um, had some disagreements with the coaching staff, uh, so I decided, you know what, I'm going to go start my career, which I wanted to be in football um, anywhere I could. 
So I had the opportunity to actually intern um, for a semester there in the scouting department. Um, and then, you know, kind of took a leap of faith and, and found PFF and kind of, you know, dove into that full steam ahead. I was a part-timer just like you back in the day, just kind of trying to, you know, earn my respect among the other like 500 part-timers that were there. Um, you know, I was doing school full-time in college as well as, you know, working all night, you know, doing all those processes and analysis and, and you know, all of that. So uh, I had the opportunity to go full-time, uh, which is kind of where we met. I moved to Cincinnati and you came there shortly after. Um, I was there for, you know, about a few, six, seven months uh, working in the office doing data and on-air talent, but I talk way too fast. So wasn't great at it. And you're actually, you were one of the producers. So you have to witness, you know, all my screw ups. Um, but it was a great experience, man. Um, but I, I missed the competitive aspect of football, which in my opinion, you don't really get from PFF. Um, so I took a leap of faith again and actually joined my dad over at East Tennessee state, man, where I was like a defensive assistant um, and a recruiting assistant. I was making nine bucks a day. Uh, was struggling, but you know, it was great experience getting to you know work with my dad. Um, was you know once in a lifetime experience getting our first wins together was awesome. I'll never forget we played Austin P and we had no business winning that game, but we did, and it was a great experience. And um, was there for one season, and then uh, the boss that I interned under at Chattanooga got the director of player personnel role over at Michigan State. He called me out of the blue, hadn't talked to him in probably a year. Um, you know, it was honestly just a blessing, and um, you know, went there. Um, you know, was the we call her the defensive player personnel coordinator, but it's just a cheaper title. Um, you know, they could pay me less, uh, you know, with that title, but you know, ran all the defensive side of the ball, you know, things in terms of recruiting. So, find the players, the film cut ups, helping run the meetings, uh, adjusting the boards, you know, all in every aspect on the defensive side. Um, you know, that was really cool working under Mel Tucker and all the guys. Um, made a lot of lifelong friends there, and um, and then the New York Giants called me. Um, that was like my dream. Um, you know, for those of you that know me, I am a Titans fan, but, um, working, getting to work for a team like the New York Giants, you know, the history, um, the culture, you know, all that aspect of, of everything that comes with New York was definitely amazing. Uh, I got to go up there as a scouting assistant. Uh, it was a unique role though. Um, when, when I say that, you know, most scouting assistants do all the grunt work they're doing, the helping with the advances, uh, making the airport runs, you know, all of that, you know, kind of. Just, you know, very, you know, entry level things that nobody wants to do. Um, but luckily, uh, I was under Chris Pettit and then Dave Gettleman was a GM and they had a specific role, um, which I was like a college scouting assistant. Um, so I had a lot of um, leeway, a lot of opportunity to grow, you know, in my role. Um, they gave me 26 schools that I went to on my own, um, you know, to, to scout out and get background. I went to four all-star games where I evaluated, I cross, you know, evaluated uh, players as well as interviewed a bunch of different players. Um, then I went to 11 pro days and I ran one over at Stony Brook uh, with a couple other young guys. And then I actually ran DB drills and some offensive skill drills at like Temple, uh, um, let's see, Delaware, uh, Army. So it's really cool to get to do that kind of stuff, man. And, and kind of just, you know, really for my first year, get to do a lot of things that don't normally happen until year, year two, three as a scouting assistant, or if you become an area scout, kind of, you know, getting your foot out in the door, like, you know, the very first time when you kind of really don't have that experience. Um, so that was great. Got to be in the draft room, uh, help negotiate to sign uh, an undrafted free agent. You know, he got cut, but still cool experience. Talk to the agent and all that kind of stuff. 
Um, but then obviously, as you know, you know, Dave Gettleman, they all got kind of let go. My boss got let go. Um, and with that happening, it kind of just with the new regime. I had a great relationship with, with Joe Shane, uh, Tim McDonald, Brandon Brown, you know, all those guys, but, um, they had their own guys in mind. So, and my contract was up. So it's kind of just what happens. Um, was unfortunate. It was definitely, uh, it definitely hurt because that was my dream. Um, but then Auburn, you know, came calling and, you know, for the assistant director player personnel role and, um, you know, the difference between Auburn and Michigan State was I was on the offense this time. So, um, you know, it's evaluating all the offensive players doing similar stuff, but just, again, on the offensive side. And um, that was an interesting uh, situation at Auburn. And I kind of knew that going into it, but um, it was definitely a weird year. Um, but after that six months, I was like, you know what, it might be time for me to get out now. Just because, you know, I had just dealing with a lot of, you know, transition and, uh, you know, um, instability and, and moving all the time. It kind of gets old. Um, I still love the game, but it was definitely kind of my time to, you know, get out and just kind of, you know, be more of a fan now and, and do things like this. So, yeah, we'll, we'll talk more about, you know, your career in a minute, but like, um, I do want to talk about, about you exiting the game because you, you had more success than, than most, right? Like you, uh, been to multiple power five programs and the New York giants, um, which some guys never, never reach, right? Some guys are stuck on Twitter doing Twitter stuff. Um, <laughs> And I remember when you told me, like, you're like I'm done. Like, uh, when when the Auburn regime was changing over, and, and you and I were talking, because uh, we both know the Auburn DP pretty well, and, and we like him. Um, I know they would have kept you on staff. Like, they, they they liked you, and you said, "Nah, man, I'm I'm done." Like, you're one of the few people in the game that had offers to stay, and you and you walked away on your own, especially at a young age. Like, take me through that that process of like actually sitting down and deciding that all right it's time for something else yeah man you know i'll be completely honest with you it was a very hard decision um you know to say that i you know had many sleepless nights and you know many just nights where i was just stressed out didn't know what to do because again it's all i know right like i grew up around it i've been in it like i haven't worked in the real world until now like i didn't know what i was good at you know what else is out there um but you know the biggest thing for me is you only live once, right? And, you know, I love football, but when you're in football, and a lot of people don't know this, but again, you're working all the time. Uh, you don't really have much time at home. I mean, it's just nonstop. I mean, I think Nick Saban had a stat where like 46 of the 52 weeks of the year, they're working seven days a week. I mean, it's just, it's a grind. Um, so for me, it was just like, you know what? And then also it's not stable. Like you could do a great job, but then your GM or somebody gets fired and then, or the head coach gets fired in college. And then it's like, oh, you know, out of a job. Um, so, you know, NFL wise, um, you know, it's, it's a lot more of the, the quality of life. The work life balance is a lot better. Um, because again, you do get a lot of the summer off, um, you know, you're traveling, which really isn't that bad. And it, I honestly like traveling alone and kind of just like mm -hmm. with myself, uh, I, you know, I went to Niag Niagara Falls and I was at the giants and I went, you know, went to Buffalo, uh, you know, going out to dinner by yourself, a lot of things by yourself and you have to get comfortable being alone. Um, but college, it's it's nonstop now, um, 24-7. Uh, I would bet if you were to ask 90% of the people in college, they're trying to either get to the NFL or they're, like, just burnt out. Like, it, it's definite. Yeah. And with the NIL, the transfer portal, you know, the way recruiting is now with all the photo shoots and, like, just nonstop. I mean, it's it, it's a lot. And, uh, you know, I just couldn't see myself when I'm 37 years old if I was in college, like, doing that stuff still. And, like, you know, it's just, like, in, and the more you go up, the less – actually evaluating you do um you know what i mean so that's kind of what i love to do but you know to kind of make your way up you know you get less and less away from that or more, excuse me, more and more away from that so 
Um, that's why I kind of I mean when I, when, I, when I sat back and looked at the big picture, man, I was just like, man, you know, it's time. Um, again, I've moved five years in a row. I've had a lot of great memories, met a lot of great people, man. Um, you know, to have experiences that a lot of people, you know, would love to have. And I definitely, you know, cherish those. But, um, you know, the regular life isn't too bad either, man. When I'm home by 530 every day, you know, I have family time, have time to go do things on the weekend. So um, I still love football and I'm very, very involved. And um, But, you know, having a quality of life, man, also matters because you only live once. Right. Uh, I want to make sure I enjoy my life. And I think it's that's a really valuable thing that you learned. Uh, so young, right? Like a lot of guys don't learn that, like the, the quality of life stuff yeah. until it's too late, right? Until their kids are grown up and now they're 50 years old and they have no family and they're like, well, well what the fuck did I do this for? Like, cause you know, cause you, you're right. Like, you know, the idea of working in football it is amazing, right? But like, oh, yeah. it's rarely what you want to do in football, right? Like if you want to be an evaluator, like you're really only evaluating a few positions, right? Like even when you're a scout, you're mostly getting background information. That's, that's the that's your job is background, hundred yeah. percent. So, like, you're going to these ranking ding schools, which, by the way, I'm going to ask you to say about some of these schools. But, but like, uh, you're going to these you know, these backwards schools. And I did the same thing when I worked for the Shrine Game. You know, you would go to some great schools, some bad schools. But like, you're you're not really grading these players. Wrong yeah. not. You're getting some background information, and like, when you get to a point, where you can actually grade these players. And we're talking years, decades down down the line. And then you're right. Once you get to a certain point. When you become like a DPP or 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 a GM, you know you're not watching film. Like it's a mess. Like 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 you you really the the area of love that people think about when they think about personnel is a really small window yeah. in the personnel guy's career, right? Um, so I I, I do th- I think it's a it's an interesting thing for people to th- know, to think about because they hear working in football and they're like, oh, you're just watching film yeah. all day. And it's like. If it was, I, we wouldn't be leaving. <laughs> we would stay in this forever. But that's that's not the case. And I'll say this: you know, in the NFL, it's a lot. Now, the NFL is a lot more, you know, pure watching film uh, in that aspect. Like, um, you're right when you're an area scout man or you know, young scout. You know, the, the way you're judged majority is your background. You know, the ability to get the background and create relationships with like you know, pro liaison people on staff. Um, you know, I still did write my players up. I think I had I wrote up like 200 players um, when I was there in my first year. Um, but at the end of the day, I don't want to say that your my opinion didn't matter, but you know, anyone that I, you know, the area scouts watching or the national scout or the college director or the assistant GM or the DPP or the GM, you know, so at the end of the day, like my opinion or like an area scouts opinion, it does matter, but it's not going to, you know, they're not going to make a pick just because, oh, I, you know, you know me being the scouting assistant, I'm like, oh yeah, I love this. Or even like a young scout, like you don't have to pay your dues and, and earn that, you know, respect. Um, but in terms of college, man, college is where it's really, um, you know, the higher you go up, the more you're managing, like, you know, with the, with the head coach, like who's coming on campus um, and what that, you know, who, you know, who's the who's the hot prospects, who, you know, who's not so great or the game day stuff, making sure the coach talks to these players and that. And like, it's just, you know, I remember at Auburn, if we had a game at noon, I'm getting up at 6 a.m. to get to the stadium to do to get like the stuff for the recruits set up, you know, like just things like that. Like I, you know, that's not, you know, I or driving to the Atlanta airport and pick up recruits. Like that's not, you know, what I love to do. Um, and, and it's part of it, but at the same time, like, you know, the higher you go up, like I was number two in command and I still was doing that. Um, and then the higher up you go, again, you're not doing some of the grunt work, but again, it's more of like managing the head coach, making sure he knows everything, making sure that, you know, the head coach is good and, and up to date with all that kind of stuff. So it's very different um, in college, but the NFL is still, you know, um, 
you know, you definitely have a lot more leeway to watch film and, and, and the DPPs and stuff. They do watch a lot of film. Um, but, it, but again, like the NFL, you know, just like my opportunity, like it came and then, you know, like I got let go and it's like, boom, now I'm out. And so it's just kind of a situation that it worked out the way it did. I think if I was still in the NFL, I would still be doing it. Um, just being transparent, <laughs> I would you know, still be, you know, giving it a shot. Um, but again, you know, working in the, the regular world, man, like when you, I'm working 40 hours a week and make, you know, you, if you work overtime, you get the overtime pay. And the, I mean, I make more than I did, you know, than I ever did in college or the NFL. And, you know, when I work way less and my quality of life is better um, now, you know, football is so great. Um, but at the same time, man, it's, it's one of those things where, you know, you know, you only can do it for so long until it's like, all right, like I have to, like, I have a family to feed. Like I'm, you know, it's just one of those things in my opinion. But, no, I've always said that, like not so much with the NFL because the NFL is you know they're they're like a properly run business, but yeah, um, a lot of areas of football will use your love of the game against you 100%. to pay you almost nothing. Yeah. Like you know, even when we worked at PFF, we got I you know you got paid like I got paid more than you, and you got paid nothing, and I got paid nothing. Um, like yeah. it, it, it's rough. Like so, it's um, and yeah, like you know, when you're young, it's not a big deal, but like as you start getting older, it's like you know. All right, man, I'm like 27, 28 years old. Like, they're like my friends working at fast food restaurants are making comfortable money at this point. Like, like what are we yeah. doing? Like, like, uh, and it's it, and it's not, it's not like you're you don't. It's it's really not for the job that you hate. It's like it's the pay. It's plus, the pay plus plus the hours, right? Plus, it's right. and and again, like and now, obviously, you know, if you're lucky, you know, someone that ends up getting, you know, growing and becoming a national scout, I'm in a you know dpp or you know director like obviously at that point you're making some pretty good money but again mm -hmm. that could be 20 years in you know just, just depending on where you're at right like there's no guarantee of that so and you know until you really kind of get to that national scout level or higher you know, i mean you're really not making i mean compared to the hours you work and what you're putting in and what you're giving up you're really not making anything close to you know what you're sacrificing um until you kind of get up to that level which not everybody does and then you could get to the level and then all of a sudden the gym gets fired or somebody gets fired and then it's like whoop now I'm out. Right. So, um, you know, that's just kind of why I you know, decided to, you know, at the end of the day, um, just being in college, I couldn't, I couldn't do it anymore, man. It was, it, it's, it's different, man. Yeah. Listen, you're not the first person I know that this happened to actually, it's a very common story where, uh, cause yeah, like it's usually the guys at the bottom that pay the price for yeah. uh, a GM getting fired. Um, it's, it's, you know, it's rarely ever like the guys right below them. It's, 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 yeah, it's usually the guys who are super young because they're, they bring in their own guys. Um, and it's a shame. Like it, it does suck, and it's something you can do about it, right? Like you, know, you did great at Auburn, and you did great at the Giants, and it didn't matter. You know, it's, it's stuff outside your control. Which, um, you know, I, I always wanted to be in personnel growing up, um, and then I got more involved with personnel, and I realized that personnel is a horrible, horrible <laughs> choice because you have almost no control over over your life, right? Like you can be the greatest personnel guy, um, and it doesn't matter. Like, yeah. like it, you know, if your coach goes out there and sucks, like, well, what do you do? Uh, yeah. But I do have some New York Giants fans listen to this podcast, so I'm going to ask about Dave Gelman real quick. Okay, what was your opinion of of Dave? Oh, I love Mr. G. He uh, so again, he gave me the opportunity that I've you know been wanting all my life. Um, he was awesome to me, uh, super nice. You know, I know he has this you know media image or whatever. Uh, you know, and I'm not going to get too much into it, but to me personally. I mean, he was great. He always talked to me every day. He actually called me uh, last July, just checking in, seeing how I was doing. 
and I hadn't seen him obviously since, you know, he retired in January. So it had been about six months. He gave me a call and just checked in on me, you know. Um, so I, I really like him a lot. Um, I owe him a lot. Um, so I'll, I'll defend him forever. Uh, I know people can talk about you know, certain picks or whatever, but to me, um, as a, I judge people off of how they are as a person, and he was great to me. So um, I have no complaints at all. I'm happy you say that because my first, like one of my first contacts in, in football was, was Dave Gellman. Uh, I got, when he was with the, with the Panthers, I got referred to him. Uh, and I was a nobody. Like I was like, you know, less than a few months into the game at that point. Uh, and he took the time to reach out to me and, you know, help me get an interview with, with the Panthers. And uh, I, I ended up not getting it, but like, this is a GM of an of a NFL team taking time to, to email this kid who's not a son of, or an uncle or a nephew of anybody. Yeah, uh, and 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 he was. I always will defend Dave Gilman for that as well. Uh, it, regardless of, of how I feel about certain picks or, or whatever, but like I, um, I will say for for Dave, uh, I never thought he was a bad talent evaluator. Like I may disagree with how he like where he chose players or how or how he uh, did contracts, but he there was rarely ever a time where Dave Gilman picked a player or selected a player that wasn't good. Mm-hmm. Like he usually was on the money with that stuff because and then he was respected around the league as a good talent evaluator, so it showed. But uh, I'm happy to hear that he that he treated you well. Uh, uh, it's good to know. You know, again, there's more to it than just the GM, right? Like there's, you know, there could be a head coach, right, that wants certain players, and mm-hmm. you know, times the GM will do, you know, what the head coach wants. There's definitely different situations out there. Uh, so before you judge, you know, Dave Gettleman, just remember there's, you know, not just, you know, saying that every pick was certain, you know, certain this or that, but at the same time, not everything is just solely on one person. So that, that's just my thoughts. I agree with you. Um, going into your, your uh, year with the New York Giants and, and going to those 26 schools, what was the most ridiculous thing you saw? Or what was, what was the school where you were like, oh boy, you know, you don't have to give me a name if you want, if you want to just give me like the experience. Um, I have a feeling it's the same school that I also went to, <laughs> but it's, it's uh, a bit also, of a mess. Uh, okay. I'll start with one story. Um, you know, there was once, cause I, I mean, obviously me being a young guy, a lot of my school I had, my big schools were Connecticut, Rutgers, Temple. Um, and that's really it. They were like my big schools. So majority of my schools, man, were one double a D two D three. So they were smaller schools. Uh, I know one school, you know, I went to a game and you know, the, uh, uh, like the press box was like, I mean, it was like a high school press box. I did, they had no snacks or food for anybody. Like I had to go wait in line, you know, like I was watching the game as a fan, you know, at halftime to get some food. So I've had some interesting stories and I had, I'm not going to name any names or any, or any schools, but uh, I had one, you know, per liaison, you could say at a school uh, that was trying to sell his players. Like they were like, you know, for sure NFL stars at like a, you know, one double A D two school, right? So it's like, you know what I mean? It's like, what are we doing here? Like, and, and they were like, they were, you know, they had won like two games that year. So it's like, you have, you're, you're trying to tell me there's five players here that are like NFL guys, but you have, you know, two wins and, you know, in the, in the uh, you know, FCS or what well, I don't know if it was FCS or D two, but I'm just like, come on. So there's definitely a lot of things like that where uh, these smaller schools, like people will try to sell their guys. Um, now I've, I got, I had the opportunity to, like I went to school um, and got this guy out a guy named Julius Chestnut at Sacred Heart. And that, you know, great kid. Uh, I, I believed in him. Uh, and I actually, I was, I was, you know, I, I really believed in him. Um, you know, I gave him a draftable grade. He ended up going to the, um, to the Titans as a UDFA. I'm an actually initial, you know, 53-man roster. Um, you know, so I was happy for him. And there's some guys like Isaiah Pacheco, you know. I got to evaluate him. And 
Um, you know, I had a, I think I had like a six round grade on him, uh, which was pretty high at the time. And, uh, you know, he ended up being, you know, a good player. And cause a lot of things with him was the old line at Rutgers was, was terrible. Um, uh, so, um, but the same player he was now, you know, or he is now, he was in college. He just, he had a battle line, like a terrible line, um, you know, in college. So, um, so I had some cool players like, you know, Travis, um, Jones over at UConn, who was like a very controversial player, um, got, you know, getting to meet him, talk to him, scout him out, things like that. So. I had a lot of cool experiences, but at the same time, I would say 90% of my, you know, the guys that I watched were, you know, at best, like UDFAs, like at absolute best. Um, but it was so cool to really get to see, like, all right, this is what an NFL player, because you can tell when you're watching, when you watching a lot of, like, not good players or, you know, not good enough for the NFL, and then you watch one that is, you can, it, it's cool to, like, you know, kind of be like, okay, this is what NFL players should look like um, when you're going back, because it's easy when you're watching, you know, some small school and you see some player like Ball and I like, okay, this guy's pretty good. But then like when you put it in perspective, it's like, would he go up to Penn State and start? Probably not. So it's like if he can't even start at Penn State, how is he going to play in the league? So it's like you definitely have to, you know, put your blinders on and remember like, all right, like this kid is playing against, you know, D2 players. So let's like make sure that it's like, you know, legit, legit. But um, but it was cool, man. I had a lot of good experiences and um, shit, it was, it was a fun year. I'll, I'll say that. So I'm happy you said that about, you know, um, you know, when, when you're looking at these players, like there are some good players that you see, like, well, well, you know, how is he compared to like, you know, a Penn State, right? Because uh, I think this gets lost a lot of time when we talk about players in the NFL, where it's like, you know, like Daniel Jones is a big one, right? Um, you know, people, whatever, and whenever anyone criticizes Daniel Jones, it's like, well, why you don't think he's good? It's like, no, man, he's one of the best, he's one of the top 32 players in the world at quarterback, yeah. right? Just like, but compared to Patrick Mahomes, he's not good. <laughs> right, it's like it's 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 really it's, it's who you're comparing him to, right? It's like it's, it's it's and that's the NFL game. It's like you know all these guys who have a chance to make it. Anyone that gets signed to a mini camp are some of the best athletes in the world. You're not comparing them to the rest of the world. You're comparing them to the guys who make a 53 man roster, make the 48 man active roster. Like it's it's a much harder uh, and more elite cra- uh, uh, cast of people. Yeah, um, and I feel like that gets lost a lot with regular fans. Yeah, and again, if, if you're if you're playing Division One football and you're and you're playing like you're you're a good like when it comes to football like in general you're a good player, but when it comes to comparing to the league or making it to the league, that's a different that's just it's just a different level, right? So, um, you know, I, I would never say anyone's a bad player, or just like, but at the same time, like you know, he's just not a NFL player, right? Which is not a bad thing. Like, that's why there's the USFL, the XFL, like there's different there's Canadian football league, like there's still plenty of avenues of like professional football. But when you're when you're talking about the NFL and that's the best of the best, like you know, it's not a knock if you're not as good as you know Derrick Henry or you know or some you know elite running back. But at the same time, like you know, um, you're just you know, so not everybody you know can can be an NFL player. That's kind of what it is. Right. Uh, two more things for you. Uh, the first was I, I also had an experience where like I went to a school and there was nothing there. Right. There was like I asked where the food was and they handed me a bag of like late potato chips. I'm like great, this is not what I what yeah. I meant. Uh, but I think the most disappointing one. I, and I'm going to call them out by name. Uh, I went to the Georgia Tech UNC game back when AK was there uh, as the DVP of Georgia Tech. Yep. Um, I went on a Saturday, right? So you know, D one schools of that they they give out halfway decent food, right? Oh, so I'm like, what was that? They said you're definitely enjoying your time. Right? Exactly. So you know, I'm I'm sitting Mercedes Benz because it was one of the games in Atlanta. I'm like, definitely getting Chick Fil A. It's a Saturday. It's one of the few days that Chick Fil A is open in the stadium, and yep. they give us chicken, but not Chick Fil A. Dude, I've been holding on to that for years. I, I saw I, I got into work with Thomas Dimitrov a lot, the former Falcons GM. Yeah. And I, I told Thomas, I'm like, dude, I don't know who runs this at the, at the stadium, but you need to pass along 
this complaint. I've been holding on to this. It's a fat man complaint about how I was really hoping for Chick-fil-A uh, and I didn't get it. Uh, but uh, I want to wrap up real quick. I have taken enough of your, of your time. That's good, man. Your Tennessee Titans. Yeah. Um, uh, they, also, they go out and they get uh, Will Levis this year. There's, there seems like there's a pretty big uh, you know, range between analysts and where they're putting the Titans. Some think they're, they're still going to win in the South, and there are some who think he's, they're going to be in the top of the draft next year. Um, how confident do you feel in this team right now? Um, in, in winning the division, I'm very confident. Uh, really? Like, yeah, I mean, come on. Like, let's, let's be honest here. All right, let's go to Texans, rebuild. Like, they're not going to be – you know, they're going to be better, but they're not going to come in from winning two games to, you know, being a playoff team in one year with, you know – I know they got a great quarterback, but still a rookie. Um, the Colts again. Richardson, great talent, but he's extremely raw. He's gonna take. He's gonna need time. He's gonna need reps. Um, so I think they're gonna be good down the line. But this year, I still think with you know the Titans with you know Tannehill, Henry, um, you're getting Traylon Burks in year two, um, Chig in year two, uh, uh, Phillips. I forgot, his, I forgot his first name, but um, Kyle Phillips. You know. Mm-hmm. You're in year two. You're happy. You're coming back probably with the top 10 defense. You know, if everybody's healthy, Harold Landry's coming back. Kevin Barr is an all pro. Jeffrey Simmons is a, is a, you know, pro bowler. Um, Danico Autry, an, again, a very underrated player. Um, you know, you're getting Christian Fulton and then you're also getting uh, um, the other corner. I forgot. I keep forgetting his name, but uh, the old boy from Auburn, but he's, you know, going into year two, um, you know, it's Irma, Roger McCreary. That's his name. Mm-hmm. So, um, so again, they're they're having a really good and young, pretty young defense. Um, I think if they go out and sign John Drew Hopkins at that point, you have a pretty um, competitive offense as well. Not saying they're going to be like the number one offense in the league or anything, but um, you know their their only competition in the South really is the Jags, in my opinion. And again, it's the Jags. Like they've been good like two years out of the last like you know twelve, right? Like you know I'm not going to go ahead. You know I'm not going to hype the the Jags right now and say they're going to be you know great right like let's just be honest like they could be and they should be but it's the jags um so now in terms of like a super bowl run or anything like that i you know i don't think that i think that window is over i think uh two years ago was their last chance at that uh, i think it's going to be a rebuild after this year um uh, but i think you know they'll have one more shot at winning the south you know and competing you know for in the playoffs but again i, I don't see them beating you know, the Chiefs and the Bills um, and the Jets, potentially. Like, a lot of those really, really good teams, you know, in the playoffs, I just – with with what they have. Um, and, again, they've proven they can't do it, right? Like, they should have uh, – back in, I think it was 20 – was it 2021 or 2020? But they were the number one seed, you know, and lost to the yeah. – You know, just things like – they lost the, they lost the Ravens when they should have won two years – in 2020 and then in 2021, the number one seed – um, and, you know, they had, you know, a terrible offensive performance and, you know, lost a game where they sacked Joe Burrow like seven times or something like that. And they still lost, right, like because of, like, the quarterback play. So I, I don't see – as everybody's getting older, uh, I don't see it getting better. But uh, I do think they'll win the South. Uh, I'm pretty confident in that. Again, I think the the window for other teams to catch up is coming because, again, um, you know, all you know, the Jags have a great quarterback in Trevor Lawrence, and then the Colts and the uh, Texans just drafted some good quarterbacks. So, you know, there's, there's still you know time for them to, to get better. But you know, to go from a rookie quarterback to going you know, from like the one of the worst teams to like a top you know ten team, like it's how often does that happen? Let's just be honest. You know what I mean? So rare, rare. Uh, I will say though, I am much lower on the Titans than you are, but that's oh, you always are. You know, I always am. Yeah, um, I'm, I'm releasing my thing on the ASC South. 
probably next week or maybe later this week. Honestly, right. I'm, I'm I'm putting the whole South together because uh, both NFC and AFC Souths are kind of you know crap. Uh, so we're we're gonna put that pod together. But uh, I will say I have them, I have them below six wins. Yeah, you probably have them last. Not last. The Rams yeah. still exist. <laughs> you say. <laughs> Dude, the Rams are so bad. Uh, which no. Well, I was talking about the AFC South. I was like, oh, oh, oh yeah. And then the South, yes. Yeah, I have them last in the South. Um, that's cra- oh, that's crazy. Like, I'll, I'll put money on that one. That's that's bad. No. There's no. Do you want to do a gentleman's bet? One beer? Yeah, as long as everyone stays healthy, I'll take that bet. Now, if like Tannehill goes oh, down. Oh, that's not fair. Tannehill? That's the, honestly, I would say even if Tannehill goes down, I'm not, I'm not or stays no. healthy. I'm not sure it's going to matter. No, uh, I think, ten, again, you know, everyone hates Tannehill, but I'll, I'll sit here and say, you know, yes, his pass wasn't great, but his time with the Titans, he's been uh, in a, a very above-average quarterback. Uh, he's been competing. He's beaten pretty much every single top team in the league um, during the regular season. Um, in 2018, he had that great run. Um, I don't know, obviously, they came short with the Chiefs, but still had a great run then. And um, They were the number one seed two years later. Uh, they've been in the playoffs, I think, three of the – uh, I guess four years he's been the starter. So, I mean, they, you know, you got to give him some credit. You know, oh, it's still, I get it, but uh, no, I, I, I'm not going to, you know, no, dunk on anything. Like, he had some great years at Tennessee where he was arguably a top 10 quarterback a few times. Yeah. Um, I just think his, that run is, is over. Um, and I think you can kind of tell that the personal department also thinks it started to run out and they wouldn't have drafted Will Levis when they did if they, if they thought Tannehill still had a few more years left. Um, and I think this roster is the weakest roster, especially the weakest offense he's had. Uh, and it's not in Tennessee. That O line is in the middle of a rebuild. Um, and I'm just I'm nervous about what what that can what that's going to happen. For, what it's going to be for them, right? Their their receiving core is not the same as it used to be. Uh, not 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 saying it, it it can't be good, right? Like, I do like Kyle Phillips. Um, I do like Trillian Burke. Like you know, AJ Brown was proven, right? And but honestly, now uh, Derrick Henry's still good, right? No, but we don't know how you know, how injury prone he's going to be. Uh, the running back depth is not what it used to be either. Like it's, it's definitely one of the weaker offenses in terms of what they've what they've had in the past. And I do worry how that's going to affect Tannehill as he starts kind of going on this downslope of the end of his career. Yeah, and I'll, I'll say this: I agree with you on that. You know, especially with the receiving core, it's definitely one of the worst in the league, if not the worst uh, overall. Just, you know, now there's some potential there, but again, mm-hmm. it's proven at any level. Like their best receiver is Traylon Burks, who's again had a decent rookie year but it's it's not proven right so um that's where i think the the hopkins signing they, i think that is a must for them um and then if there's a couple of vets that get cut you know during training camp like a Corey davis right if he gets cut from the jets i know there was a report that he won't get cut but you never know like that would be a great resign like i know you know he left and he kind of was you know a little bit frustrated that they ever offered him a contract but he would come in and be the titans probably like number one option right now um or you oh, know easily yeah that was like you know, they're, they're still that that is scary. Like if they don't get Hopkins, I think I will kind of walk back a little bit and be like, you know what, probably not going to win the South just because again, um, that if, if Traylon Burst goes down, like they have nothing at receiver. I mean, it's like they have like a bunch of unproven young guys, um, and then again, they can't just run the ball, you know, every single snap. It's just not what it is. It's, you can't do that. So, um, but if Hopkins gets signed, Traylon Burst stays healthy. That's a pretty good one too. Uh, Kyle Phillips in the slot, Chig um, at tight ends, a very good young. You know, he's kind of like a Johnny Smith type of guy. Um, and then obviously you have Derrick Henry, who's going to be, you know. Um, the king, man. Yeah, he's the king. And then they, they signed or they uh, drafted uh, Tajay. I think I'm saying his name right. Tajay Spears. You know, I know, mm-hmm. I know his knee is whatever, but he you know, he's still a pretty uh, dynamic player with the ball in his hand. So 
Um, you know, he might shock some people if he can stay healthy, um, you know, as in both the run and pass game. So um, I think there's a lot of things, a lot of under the radar pieces, but you're right. Like compared to the Colts, you know, receiving court, like Josh Downs is you know one of my favorite players in the draft last year. Like I actually know, I personally know, you know, him and his father, his father was actually my boss at East Tennessee state. Um, so I've been awesome. in high school man, and he's, and he, you know, he's going to be a very good pro. So, you know, there's a lot of the Colts, the Jags, even probably the Texans have a better receiving core, you know, right now than the Titans. So, um, but again, scary. So there's still time to add, you know, pieces and, and see how things shake up. So I think with Hopkins, that would definitely make them probably, I mean, I think with Hopkins or that you, you can argue they're one of the better offenses in the AFC South. If they get Hopkins, I know he's older, but in my opinion, like Hopkins is still going to be a good player. He's still going to be, you know, even when he's not open, he's open with his ball skills and his catch radius and, you know, all of that. So, um, but I'm mean, not your point though. Yeah, no, I'm, I'm with you. It, it, there's a lot of potential there and I, I do see it. Um, you know, we'll, we'll see if how, how Landry bounces back. We'll see if these receivers can uh, live up to their, to their draft potential. Uh, like I, I had Kyle Phillips at the, at the shrine game. I got to see him just torch defenses when he was there. We'll see if that actually, I had Kyle Phillips as a long shot to lead the league in uh, lead the rookies in yards. As a receiver, wow. obviously that didn't happen, but yeah. I was like, you know, maybe like if anyone was going to be a long shot, it might as well be him. So like, I, I do like some of the players, um, but I am very nervous about them. But uh, Cole, I appreciate you coming on and, and spending some time. Um, you're always welcome back on. You're one of my one of my my boys. So I appreciate that. I'm happy you're having fun and, and, you're, and you're enjoying this the life post football. Um, it was great seeing you, dude. Yeah, absolutely, man. I appreciate it. Who knows, man, I might need to open up a podcast myself or start a podcast because, um, like I said, you know, um, I still miss football. It, you know, it's it's not who I am, but it definitely was a part of my – a huge part of my life. Um, so, you know, I'll have to talk with you about how I can, you know, start a podcast and get going because I know a lot of things, a lot of inside things. Um, and that could be definitely very interesting. So um, definitely be, you know, something I'm thinking about. Listen, if you do that, I will fly down to where you are and I will stay on your couch and we can record a podcast down there. On your couch. Not the old days. Exactly. But hopefully you have a better couch than you had when you were uh, in Cincinnati. It's worse. Yeah. Actually, <laughs> actually, when I left Jersey, I had to, I didn't want to walk that couch down the uh, stairs of my four um, four floor like apartment complex. So I just sold it. I was like, I'm not, I, whoever bought, whoever roomed uh, after me, I just said, hey, you want this couch for 100 bucks? <laughs> like, I was like, I can't. Like, it's, that was the worst experience of my life trying to get furniture up a, uh, no elevator, four-story apartment complex in New Jersey. That was definitely that's brutal. <laughs> but dude, thank you so much, man. Absolutely, man.